Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and unfortunately, Ryan's still away, or I guess not unfortunately. I said that last week too, and it's like, he had a baby. It's a super happy time. I probably shouldn't say, unfortunately, he's not here. But yeah, Ryan is out for another week. And uh, the giggling voice in the background you hear, other than mine, is Bo. Bo is here. Yay. Hi, Bo. Yay. Thank you very much, Joss, for the warm welcome. Pleasure uh, to be back thanks again. for coming. I'm so excited because uh, we were talking pre-show and Bo and I have never done Gamers In together before. Bo has filled in for me, especially around BlizzCons, because I mean, you're definitely a huge blizzard gamer like i am so um you filled in for me when i've been away during the blizzcon time but i'm always away so this is the first time we've had a chance to actually sit and chat just the two of us about games i'm stoked yeah i'm super stoked too because um i've been a long time listener of angry chicken i love your contributions over there so it's always just an honor and flattery to be doing a show with you oh stop <laughs> we don't do video anymore but i'm blushing Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Angry Chicken, that's actually what I wanted to uh, kind of talk about this week because Hearthstone actually came out uh, with a new expansion, which I know you guys are like, yeah, that happens every few months. You've got a whole show about it, Joss. Come on, move on. Well, <laughs> <laughs> of the three of us, I'm the biggest Hearthstone player slash fan or whatever. Like, I, I really like it, but... You know, it's a democratic thing. So if the two of the three are very not into it, then, well, it doesn't get much conversation time. Yeah, exactly. And it's always <laughs> always fun to make jokes. You know, I'll help with that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I did want to bring up Hearthstone because that's what I have been playing this week because they did bring out a new expansion. But the reason I actually wanted to mention it to you guys on Gamers In as well is because uh, two reasons. First reason is they actually brought in a new class, which is something they literally haven't done since the game launched like six years I ago know. That, that was that was uh, it was weirdly timed that announcement right like when, do, you, do you know when exactly was that a few weeks ago it seems recent right the demon hunter announcement yeah so yeah. everything got kind of like like you mentioned weirdly timed because i mean again we're not going to get away from talking about this like the state of the world right now because of the pandemic they actually ended up having to like move some announcements around and like things were like we got uh, an expansion announcement and then like a launch only a couple of weeks later. And it was because like a whole bunch of stuff from like early March got pushed to late March while they tried to figure out how to work from home and all the rest of it that everyone was dealing with. So it was like really weird. It was kind of like demon hunters are coming next week. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it was weirdly timed and from like a um attention economy standpoint i'm like oh that sounds awesome but in addition to the pandemic going on and affecting me uh it's also um a lot of games that have been i've been waiting a long time to come out are all launching around this time so so there's um final fantasy 7 which i played this morning a remake and the um doom eternal so it's like I, I'm in the middle of singing my teeth into those games and then the Demon Hunter thing came out. So I was like, oh, that seems cool. I definitely need to check that out. I looked at a few cards. Um, have you played as the Demon? Is, it's, is it out? It's out, right? It is out. Yeah. So it launched on Tuesday. 
And oh. yeah, I, I, okay. So they, they nerfed Demon Hunter faster than they've ever nerfed or changed <laughs> anything in the game. Literally less than 24 hours after it launched, they nerfed it. <laughs> it looked like there was a lot of low cost cards yes. uh, in there. <laughs> and those low cost cards seemed to combo, but it wasn't a combo keyword. It was just, yeah, they their, their keyword, another, right? yeah, their keyword is outcast. And what that means is they get stronger if you play them for the from the left or right side of your hand. Okay. So if they cool. do, if they don't have any card buddies on either side, then you can play. Mm -hmm. Then you play them and they get a bonus. Except for the, it <laughs> turns out when all your cards are really cheap, it's not that hard to get something on the left side of your hand. And if you're always playing from the left side of your hand and all your cards say outcast, it's like outcast and then the next one in line gets outcast so you cast that one and so it is it's kind of like a chain effect oh, and yeah. uh it's uh, it was absurd it still is but uh they had a lot of things that would like discount their cards to zero and when cards cost zero it's just like why would you do that <laughs> so yeah, yeah they had yeah. some mana mana cost changes to raise the cost of their cards a little bit and more is, more changes are coming but the Demon Hunter plays a little bit kind of like Rogue. It feels that way because of, like you mentioned, the combo idea. But also a lot of their cards are activated based on if their hero has attacked this turn. So mm -hmm. it'll have like a battle cry or whatever that'll be like, if your hero has attacked, deal an extra four damage targeted. And okay, it's just like, okay. oh, my God, stop. You're too powerful. It, so. it sounds awful. It it looked it looked concerning when I looked at the cards, but yeah. <laughs> it's way worse than I thought it was going to be. Clearly, yeah. According uh, wow. to uh, HS Replay, which is like um, the biggest community site where we get our stats from, they do like they have a, an add-on app that you can download on your computer, and then it like mm -hmm. tracks all of your games and your stats and stuff, and then feeds it back into a website. Um, so HS Replay was saying that of people who are recording their games, which they get literally like millions and millions and millions of game, games a month, 70% um, of those games were Demon Hunter games. Oh, my God. So 70% of people on the Hearthstone ladder were playing Demon Hunter. So, yeah, the Hearthstone team was and like, it, well, that's didn't too have a, much. <laughs> no, no, no one's figured out a counter. Like, when 70% plays, like, one class must have some combination of car cards that can, you know what I mean? Like, some, some counter deck. Well, and... <laughs> the problem is <laughs> because, it, and I think this is something that comes out of just introducing a class to a game when all the other classes have been around for six years, right? They wanted a way to make sure that Demon Hunter would feel unique and powerful so people would want to play it, but also they wanted to make sure that they had many different ways to play because we've evolved with the other classes to, for the most part, have, you know, a control variant, an aggro variant, a mid-range variant, a combo variant, like all of those things have existed in the other classes over time. They don't usually have all those archetypes at the same time, but they've right. existed over the history. And I think they just tried to do that all at once with Demon Hunter because there's literally four <laughs> okay. viable with 60 plus percent win rate ways to play Demon Hunter right now. You can play wow. aggro, you can play combo OTK, you can play control, you can play mid-range. Like all of really? those are viable and winning. So it's very hard to counter when they can literally do everything. So there are more, there are, I know I'm probably like, discouraging people from going to check out Hearthstone right now, but um, the class, people are having a lot of fun playing as Demon Hunter too, 
and uh i mean i'm having fun because i'm playing like you mentioned some of the counter decks like there are some decks i'm playing in all spell mage there's a there's a highlander priest deck that's doing really well there's a druid deck that's doing really well so you can still perform in hearthstone not playing demon hunter but demon hunter is definitely um yeah, the, new, the new hotness <laughs> like it's gonna be it's gonna be popular at launch no matter what i'm trying to exactly. compare it to hero hero launches because over at heroes of the storm we're used to having new heroes all the time and yep. the conspiracy theories that blizzard makes them more powerful than they're supposed to be so people will buy them <laughs> and i don't, I don't well, know that's, if that's <laughs> that's something the hearthstone team actually talked about and they were like well yeah of course we did <laughs> they were like we wanted demon hunter to be powerful there's something worse than launching something and nobody playing it <laughs> i think that's okay i think i actually think that's okay in this case uh, if you'll just hear me out because hearthstone doesn't launch new class you know every three months it's mm-hmm. it's been it's been literally six years <laughs> yeah is it six seven six, like it's been yeah. a long yeah, like 2013 or something like yeah. that since beta um that it, it's been it's been so long that they just have to make it exciting like you could i find it hard to blame them for if they even did it with some intent and right with, and with a plan to back it up because if they had a patch that quick they knew well <laughs> right? that's the thing like they so they patched it like i said within 24 hours they talked about how over the next two to three weeks they're going to be patching more and again not necessarily just demon hunter but they'll be looking at demon hunter like bringing them down bringing other classes up like making tweaks and stuff because their qa team just can't get the same number of games in that all of the hearthstone players get in so they're like of course we didn't know like absolutely everything or how how like the community would feel playing against them they're like we have two qa people (laughs) like (laughs) come on (laughs) although something they could have done as an idea is they could have launched demon hunter the way they do it in heroes they don't quite do it this way but they could launch it in the live production client but in beta so that you could only use it in one-on-one matches mm. and not on like and not rank. on the ladder yeah yeah that way people could play be super excited and still you know discoveries could be made using the testing power of the entire player base yeah that's that's very true so i mean anyway sorry sorry ahead. one more question did you have to buy you have to buy the demon hunter no, or is demon it just hunter, free demon hunters free to everybody okay and you just have to get classic packs for the cards no, actually, uh, you play through a prologue as Illidan that basically like tells his story from World of wow. Warcraft and yeah. you get like his his basic set of cards. And then. Um, oh, that's amazing. So yeah, it's just free. It's just free. Oh, it's free for cool. everybody. Yeah. Which I think uh, also kind of contributes to so many people playing it on the ladder because there is no barrier to entry. It's just like, here, have all the Demon Hunter cards. Yeah, I, I have a. I have a. I have a free to play friend who pretty much doesn't play video games except for Hearthstone on his phone. And he's been doing that for like six years, um, and he doesn't buy anything, so he loves Is stuff that like friend this. Like, you? No, no. I, no oh, I, so it's not I'm, an air quotes friend. <laughs> no, I'm the type of friend that'll be like, "That sounds cool. I'll log in and play three games, but drop sixty bucks on packs, <laughs> yeah, and then feel horrible about, horrible about it like two weeks later. Like, why did I do that?" um so uh no no it's uh it's a it's a friend of mine his name's mike um or well mike mike co-host of the, the good bad or bullshit but the um 
he's always he's super impressed with battlegrounds and he's super impressed like i'm he says he doesn't spend anything but i'm not 100 percent sure he hasn't <laughs> dropped money here or there on something right like this that's how they keep people in their environment right if you if the free-to-play players keep getting free stuff then they're in there playing providing you know opponents and, and things yep. like that and you know people make little purchases here or there so i think that's rad it's really cool yeah, the only so. bad part about it it's not even i can't even say it's bad it's just my <laughs> wish was for, was for monk like well to me the, the monk thing. class edges out demon hunter <laughs> yeah they but. uh so the thing is they had said for like literally probably up until the last about 12 months it was no these are your nine classes we you know don't have the interface for it we want you know ui this ui that complexity mm -hmm. you know with all the the old cards and everything else like no we're not releasing a new class that's just not something that hearthstone's gonna do these are your nine classes get over it basically and then they kind of went quiet on the subject for a while and we've kind of seen this with the hearthstone team because they lost like literally everybody they lost their like executive producer their game director their art director yeah. like just yeah. the turnover on that team was insane so now the basically the entire Hearthstone, um, I guess, decision makers, like everybody across all the departments in Team Five, they're all different now. So a lot of the stuff that they said early on they were never going to do, now they're just like, well, why wouldn't we do it? <laughs> like, let's give it a shot. So I think that um, though there's no announcements for any other classes or anything else coming, I do think that there is potential for like a monk class to come or um oh what's it oh death Thanks. knights death knights because we had the expansion where people got hero cards to turn into death knights but mm -hmm. i could see possibly a death knight class coming now yeah i think that would be i mean any of the classes from wow right yeah exactly it's kind yeah. of it's all up in the air it's open but they could make their own weird murloc ballerina class <laughs> <laughs> that's true i mean merlock ballerinas are definitely something that would fit in hearthstone <laughs> you know like their version of or orphea from you know like yeah. they could do something hearthstone exclusive that i would really get behind a merlock like class it, that's the class merlock or something like that yeah it's no, true but... because they they definitely like they dropped the heroes of warcraft like title from their game it used to be hearthstone heroes of warcraft now it's just hearthstone because they wanted to kind of distance themselves oh. from being so tied to Warcraft. <laughs> Wait, where's the X-File sound clip, Scott? Um, <laughs> that's why they dropped it, because it's not just going to be Heroes of Hearthstone, right? I guess yeah, we already so, got there. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a possibility anyways that uh, they could do their own thing for sure. Hmm. That's so, pretty cool. We'll have to yeah. see. But that's yeah. interesting the one thing that you mentioned just because i haven't been paying attention to the the developer news in terms of what's going on with the team and how that impacts it but that is really interesting i remember deck slots not being possible more than the nine i think that were in there yeah launch. and now we have 18 yeah so <laughs> and that was the I big really... news because they were they finally broke and gave us extra deck slots <laughs> it's, it's kind of reassuring to hear that that change in in guard is ultimately resulting in more options in the game i think the game is super healthy and impressive right now it's, well yeah i mean we I, got battlegrounds and originally they said no new modes and we've gotten a roadmap for what 2020 is going to look like and they're already promising yet another new mode as well as the launch of battlegrounds out of beta so like they're creating wow. more in the space and they're just they're just trying stuff and seeing what kind of sticks and it's mm. been a really fun game to play which kind of brings me to my second point about hearthstone the other reason i wanted to talk about it today is because 
they've actually done something. If you guys tried Hearthstone a while back and then haven't been playing it, they have an offer now for new and returning players. So if it had been four months since you had logged into your Hearthstone account, you can log back in now and you get like a, a new player, um, like reacquainting you with the game, like single player story to play through. And at the end of that, they're giving you a full competitive viable deck and not just wow. like, like not like, oh, you can try this out on ladder, but they're like temporary cards or something. You literally get all the cards added to your collection for free once you finish this new player or returning player playthrough. And one of the decks specifically, if you guys are like, oh, that sounds really cool. I'd really like to do that. Pick the Highlander Mage deck. <laughs> the Highlander Mage deck not only is the best for ladder, like it's, it's a really solid, very good deck, has a really high, high win rate, but it also has the highest dust value. So if you decide you don't like to play mage, you want to go try something else, you can dust that entire deck. Because again, these are cards that just get added right into your collection. And the mage deck has like, six or seven legendaries in it i think you can dust that wow. entire deck and wow. and then just go make whatever you want so yeah if you haven't played hearthstone in a while now is a really good time to go back in and and choose the highlander mage as your free deck <laughs> yeah that's that sounds uh, is that sorry did you say you have to be away for four months for that to kick in yeah yeah so you had to oh, have been i think it was the deadline <laughs> was like play for a little bit <laughs> well i think the deadline was march 17th to be considered oh, in you so it was like okay. yeah it was like so march 17th and then four months before that so like november 17th or whatever like if you hadn't Probably. played then or longer then you could go in and be considered <coughs> excuse me a returning player with rune terra and um which i haven't tried yet but but also magic arena they really do have to step it up i played a quite a bit of magic arena for a period of time and the rewards in there for the new player experience are is really good in my opinion have you have you played on there at all no, I haven't played on there. And I mean, I've heard a lot of people saying both about Magic and, and Runeterra that um, the rewards are really good, that they're really fun games and everything else. But I mean, I love Hearthstone. I'm not over Hearthstone. Yeah. Oh, so it's, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I ask that because it's not for you, but it's for somebody, you know, who's going to pick up the game, right? Like, again, like, I don't know if I'm really going to like Hearthstone. Or, you know, I've tried this one. How do I feel getting pulled into that? You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there, there's, there is something to that initial honeymoon when you're getting into one of these games that magic felt really good. And I was like, oh, this is definitely a step up from what Hearthstone's doing. But it sounds like they have programs that they're doing too. I thought this is a really yeah, cool. Yeah, they also honestly. completely changed the ladder with this rotation too. So just at the start mm -hmm. of April. And so now there's a whole bunch of different levels and you get rewards instantly when you hit those levels, as well as a really big reward at the end of the month. And mm -hmm. so they've, uh, yeah, they've, they've really changed how they do rewards for playing ranked play. And they've also added duplicate protection to the pack. So like when you open a common card, you will only get new common cards until your collection is full of common cards. And then you'll start getting duplicates. But you like, so you're guaranteed to fill out your collection before you start getting duplicates which is uh, which is really, really nice. Like I had yeah, most of nice. the set when I opened my packs on Tuesday, I had most of the set except for a couple of epics and a few legendaries. And then I had the dust to craft what I didn't have. So oh, just buying like the promotion. Just yeah, just with the pre-order. Yeah, that's awesome. So well, that's, that's a lot better than it used to be. Oh, yeah. No, it I used remember, to be terrible. I think I, <laughs> I think I bought three 
60 packs of mixing goblins <laughs> goblins and gnomes I, oh goblins and gnomes sorry i call it mixing goblins because <laughs> i played mech warrior all through that period yep um so it's all about mechs it was gnomes and goblins of course um but uh i played um i bought i bought like three of those 60 packers <laughs> like 180 bucks and you probably and still, still had cards right yeah exactly yes, that's exactly it and i'm like well you bought one pre-order which i think they're a little more now but still it's just worth it if you don't have to do the dance long term you know just yeah exactly filling out the collection and feeling like you have to spend too much feels bad so that's good yeah so they have made a lot of changes so if you guys haven't checked out hearthstone in a while i do really highly recommend it it's a really good time to get back in but bo i'm excited to hear about doom eternal because this is something I don't touch. I like when my husband plays Doom, I just kind of walk by every once in a while. And every time I look at the screen, I'm just like, ew. But, you, <laughs> like, you're, but you're a fan of, of, of like horror, right? Like I, I think Doom by Daylight's like your jam. It right? is. Like, it's like one of my favorite games. I play it literally every day. But, okay. Which so, is weird because I had these mixed thoughts in my head. I remember a long time ago, I watched one of your streams where you're streaming that PlayStation teenage horror game. I can't remember what it was called. Oh, Until Dawn. Yeah, and I think it, you were really affected by it. You were like, I can't play this right now. <laughs> it was pretty bad. So I always associated you with not liking scary games, which I guess is true. But why do you play De Dead by Daylight? Isn't that scary? Well, I so I like scary things. I like scary games. I like scary movies. But there are some times where it just like games are a little bit different because I have to be the one to take the step forward, like in the TV show or in a movie, like it just keeps happening. Like you, unless you pause it, obviously, but, oh, in, but in a game, it's like, okay, I know something bad is going to happen and I have <laughs> to like press the button to continue. And I'm just like, no, I can't. I don't want to. Why? <laughs> and you're participating so, in the Yeah, order, you're participating. Right, exactly. You're, you're actively participating in the story that's being told and it, it creates like a little bit more anxiety in me. But, um, as far as like playing games, like scary games, like I've played quite a few uh, layers of fear is probably the most recent one that I played. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's like, I like them to have some kind of like deeper story and deeper purpose. Cause that helps me like get through. And I also am not a huge fan of just like straight up gore for the sake of gore in any of like my horrors. Like, yeah, I don't, but, I don't like it. Like just exploding but, entrails. Like it's really right. not my thing. I don't find that scary. I just find that gross. They, they are different tastes. Yeah. Not, not literally, but figuratively speaking. They're Have different you been tastes. licking entrails again, Bo? No. Well, well, I took a picture of myself eating the, my PlayStation that I got, but no, I don't actually eat entrails, but it's just, they're different. You know, it's, I, I get it because um, Doom Eternal, one of the things I appreciated was the first Doom reboot had some jump scares in it, which is actually kind of annoying in that game because it's already very tense that mm -hmm. just putting it's not that game, which is, I think, what they finally arrived at with this one, that it's not it's not meant to be an immersive game or a scary game. Like one of the most interesting feedback I ever got was a friend who I tried to get to play Diablo three finally did and he he did and he hated it and he's like I was like why didn't you like it and it's he's like it looks it reminds me constantly that it's a video game the times in the corner there's numbers and menus and stuff he likes those immersive games like mm. Last of Us anything with a little you know less menu like minimal UI yeah <laughs> oh right. ask so him if he's tried Sea of Thieves. <laughs> Oh, we should. Yeah, I haven't. None of us have tried it. It seems good. Oh but my Alec, god, uh, he's it's playing, so he, good now. <laughs> 
I, I need to oh, so many good games. It does look interesting. Like I, I just it's a time thing. But he was playing Half-Life Alex and I was watching him through screen share. And uh it's pretty there's that that's a good example of a game with minimal UI. But um no for um uh sorry, which game were we talking Doom, about? Oh, Doom. Doom Doom Eternal. <laughs> so Doom 2016 and even Doom 3 sort of lent into this aesthetic where it thought maybe it was Resident Evil a bit or like a, a scary narrative story. A scary, story. jumpy horror game, yeah. Yeah, and, and and even like Doom 2016 had some jump scares. And I was like, oh, you know, I just, it, it, it didn't fit. It's not that game. And so they finally realized it. So what I would say, Doom, Doom Eternal is just like, it. it is what it's supposed to be, which is just ugly monsters and your dude. And you shoot them. And the feeling I usually get if I have the headphones on and I play for, you know, two hour session might be one level in this game. Like they're really long levels. Um, I feel tense, anxious and paranoid. And I have to get up and like shake it off. And it's not, <laughs> I'm not scared. Like it's a feeling of dis-ease okay. at the end of it. I find when I play it, which is cool that it's putting me in that position and they're not trying to scare me anymore. Um, they're just trying to... Kind of unbalance you <laughs> yeah because because everything in the game is not trying to immerse me in it anymore there are menu items there's unlockables there's like quests or achievement things you know there's all kinds of reminders in the game now that it's a video game including things like keys and you know doors and goofy looking item pickups and stuff uh it and it works so i don't know what you exactly wanted to know about doom eternal but that was the thing i appreciated and i think they sold it on uh, the most so have you have you finished Doom Eternal now? Oh yeah, I've played through it. I'm on playthrough number eight, I think. What? Okay, so, so, so that is a talking point because how yeah. playing through a game like that as someone who hasn't ever played a Doom game, like I've just like I said observed yeah. my husband from afar. But sure, what is it about Doom Eternal that gets you going back for multiple playthroughs? Because it's a single player experience, right? Right. But um, I think one of the things that Doom 2016 did really well and um, was foster this, a speedrun community that wasn't about glitches. Oh, that's there, too. But like the speedrunning I like to watch for that game was just doing the higher difficulties, uh, the highest difficulty, permadeath, hardcore, you know, the fastest time possible, but not using any glitches. So it was very fun to watch because you yeah, have to Yeah, I don't like speed runs that are like, oh, I did this in 10 minutes. It's like, yeah, but you literally found a glitch in the first level that yeah. put you at the final boss. Like, that's not a speed run. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not fun to watch. I yeah. like the AGDQ streams, like every now and then. It's, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm not a hater on it for sure, but um, I don't, I don't look at it and feel like, oh man, I want to do that or anything, mm -hmm. you know, or sometimes you see someone who's really good at uh, league or whatever game. And you're like, man, I want to play that good. Let me play that game. And then you kind of go play it. Um, so doom has that now where they've, they've, there's this sort of niche where you're trying to get better at the game. The game isn't really about leveling up and, and getting more powerful items. And that's how you beat it. Although on easier difficulties, that's kind of what it is. Okay. But the game really kind of is, is, is like it, you can do better. You can always uh, progress better and you can progress through the difficulty levels as you master techniques. So one of the techniques in this game is called weapon swapping, which you could play this game and never know what that is and never do it. But if you're trying to achieve success on higher difficulties, weapon swapping is where there's a global cooldown on, on guns that have like single shots, like the, I think it's called the ballista or the um, uh, super shotgun. 
So there's a sort of cooldown after you take a shot because there's no reload mechanic and you just have to wait to take the next shot. But if you want to wait less time, you can shoot your shotgun, then switch to the ballista and you'll actually shoot faster by switching. Okay. Because the cooldown is happening while you switch to the other weapon and then you switch back. So if you take a shotgun shot, ballista shot, shotgun shot, ballista shot, you shoot faster than just going shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. And um, if you incorporate more weapons, like there's a three or four weapon rotation really quickly, you can take down almost anything in seconds. And so how you're trying to beat the hardest, like right now I'm trying to beat it on Nightmare. I've already died nine times. So I know that my hardcore run at Ultranightmare Okay, I was going to say, so is Nightmare the hardcore mode where you have to start over? <laughs> no, that, that's, that's Ultra something Nightmare. Something else? Okay. Oh, Ultra yeah, Nightmare. All, okay, jeez. That's Ultra Nightmare. So, so Nightmare is the hardest one where you die in like two shots. Um, so basically, you just please, please don't ever get hit. And um, that's just the hardest difficulty. But And what's good about this version is that killing like when a lot of games these types of games when they get harder the, the enemies have higher health pools weapons do less damage stuff like that mm -hmm. there's none of that in this weapons do the same damage and monsters have the same health pools on any difficulty so you're trying to learn to get better at beating them the only thing that gets harder is how quickly you can die so so I what you're learning like to that take on difficulty that's that's a more fun way to do it instead of just like okay i'm getting more powerful or staying the same amount of powerful but everything around me just is more of a damage sponge. Like that's not really harder necessarily. <laughs> like it's just more well, it's, annoying it's harder, sometimes. It's harder in a boring way, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And what's good about it too is that if you spend time learning how to dispatch enemies on an easier difficulty, when you play it on harder, you'll feel yourself like, I got better at this game. You know, like there are legit moments and mostly it only happens in like Blizzard games or competitive games from other companies where where you're like oh i'm getting better right I'm, I'm getting better at tanking i just feel like i understand what i'm doing moment to moment without having to think too hard about it after having done it for a while and that's happening in this game which seems like it seems preposterous not the <laughs> kind of genre or game where that kind of thing would happen but they definitely put that magic into it and it's it's a delight if if it weren't for the gore and you just wanted a shooter where you could experience that you know they have that they can make that game, I guess. <laughs> like they could just, it wouldn't have to be gory necessarily. It's almost, it's almost just the the dressing of the game that it happens to be gory. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence. Like shooters are one of my least favorite types of video games. Like they're mm -hmm. okay. I I like them. You know, maybe once or twice a year, but they're definitely not like a new shooter's coming out. And oh my god, I need to get that because that's my thing. It's definitely not my thing. So, you know, I, I might check out Doom Eternal. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm glad that you were here to talk about it because they're probably not I'm, ever going to get this conversation out of me. <laughs> yeah, I could talk about it. I, I'm a big fan. I think it's a masterpiece. It should have been given tens. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. People, I don't know what people are waiting for. And what's really <laughs> Nintendo impressive. Nintendo to make like, another you know, Zelda game? <laughs> I guess so. Like some things are just going to be what they are, right? The scope of the game is is not going to have it. I, I just don't know what they're expecting for tens. I think if something is the best in its class and is a single player shooter, it's best in class. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Um, I know what you yeah. mean. And it, and I'm glad they did that. And also, it's hard because it's Doom. You know, Doom has a legacy with a lot of a lot of us. You know, we've played Doom back in the day, and it's just it's so awesome to see that Doom is still just Doom. 
<laughs> doom is just doing its doom thing. <laughs> so yeah, it's of, not something weird. Oh, sorry. So, okay. Speaking of uh, just games doing their thing and what they're good at, you've also been playing some Civ Six, which you know, I love <laughs> me some Civ. <laughs> it was a mistake. <laughs> I bet it went on so sale. Often feels like that, right? It's just like, oh man, I haven't played insert simulation game here in so long. I should just you know pop in for a couple minutes and see what's new. And before you know it, it's like Thursday and it was sunday and you're like oh no i missed work for a week what happened Civ i was happened. for work yesterday <laughs> <Really? I'm>, uh, <laughs> I, I told i told everyone at work you know oh yeah i stayed a little later than usual it was 12 but it was like three in the morning <laughs> and i had a that's what i'm glad we didn't record you know on thursday we decided to do uh, on the next day uh because part of it the responsibility was on me and staying up <laughs> like playing sim <laughs> so yeah that's okay I, also, um, I i can definitely understand and forgive that <laughs> yeah it was it wasn't that late but i you know definitely threw off my day and and you know it was bad <laughs> but um but yeah no the, the, it's it's good it's a good version of the game um i don't know i've only played five five is when i, I was like okay let me check out what this is and oh my god fell in love it, everything feels better than six it's sean bean reading everything so that's yes. definitely a big plus the music <laughs> is phenomenal in this one it's just even hard to put it's like it's world music from different cultures but it's like nothing i've ever heard before either i don't know it's just really interesting um so uh i don't know what do you want to know anything about Civ? are you holding out i don't know if it's still on sale or not but Oh, I don't, yeah, I didn't even know if it was if it was on sale or anything else. I just I always like to remind people that Civ is a thing because it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> and they really, just and um, I think they recently came out with a new expansion, right? And I'm not even sure if Ryan and I talked about it. Um, Gathering Storm, I think it's called. Gathering Storm, uh, yeah, maybe we did talk about it. Now I can't remember, but yeah, oh man, it's just it's such a good iteration, and they keep adding more and more things on that make it more complicated than just like beat the other civilizations to death like <laughs> no well like even now I've, I've had a, like um i've been focusing on city states so in this one if you become the suzerain of a city state you get diplomat uh, diplomatic points so at the un you have more influence so i was going all hardcore on a diplomatic victory and i was very close to fin uh, getting the diplomatic victory but then I'm playing in a game with 23 other civs because I like to just ram it with all the civs, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 they all there was a, a motion to make the person with the most votes lose like a whole bunch of diplomacy points or something like that. <laughs> and so they, they up on you. <laughs> the whole world, they're like, "Don't take his points away." And I'm like, <laughs> "I love this game," and I was so mad at the same time, but so like, this is awesome. Oh my uh, so, god, that makes so much sense too because it's like they all want to win and I love that they've like programmed the AI to give it the like urge to win and it's just like, yeah, he might deserve the win but we can take it away, boys. They can take it away, oh my god. And the I would say the AI in this one is still like, because the AI has always been a sore point I think in the series. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a very complicated game. I would say the experience overall is better. Um, if for one reason that now there's a tab on the diploma when you go to talk to them it shows you a history of what compliments like things they think about you that are positive and the points for it and the things that you did that are negative that make that score negative so now you're not sitting there wondering why someone is accusing you of warmongering out of nowhere mm. you know because that was you know she's like you're a warmonger and i'm like 
I haven't fought anybody for yeah. 10 turns. What are you <laughs> talking done about? I have anything. What's wrong with you? He's like, oh, you got an army. I, I don't like that. And you're like, well, you got an army. Like, <laughs> you don't understand. Like The lines of dialogue really do not provide, provide any hint as to what they're motivated by. And now there's a tab that it just explains it to you so that you can fix it. Like mm-hmm. if someone was slighted, there was one civilization that doesn't like when people settle settlements near mountains because it disrespects their gods or something like that something like that damn and so i could find out the reason he hated me is because i had towns near mountains and i didn't even know that that was like a a potential sore point like (laughs) well in sim 5 you would never know because that information was not available and so now that it is you know you can just deal with it being okay like someone who hates me you can you can say like i can give them a bit of money give them a trade route do these things and then they turn to your side and you're like okay figure out how to fix my relationships with the globe this is great um but they're still in the end of the day mean because they're keeping me from winning because yeah they they still want the win yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh, no it's good like if you really like civ it's i think it's a i've only played two of them it's the best of all the civilizations (laughs) out of the two i've played but it is really good it is really really good I think I played every one of them from Civ 3 onwards and Civ 3 mm. I think came out when I was in like high school or maybe university. I was still in school anyways. And so I just oh my god, I lost so much of my life to Civ 3. Oh, but that's what a good game to play though. Oh yeah. Age, right? Like isn't it such a wholesome? Don't you feel like you're like I'm getting an education playing this? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, yeah, cuz there's like they do a fairly decent job, I think, coming from, you know, Canada, North America white girl like <laughs> I'm about to say they do a good job representing <laughs> all these other cultures. I really don't know that, but it seems like from my perspective that I am like you say learning a lot they seem to respect a lot of um like traditional like they use their their own languages and stuff and then it's kind of like translated for you and they uh like have like the traditional dresses their civilization buildings and units look different like they they do a good job of respecting cultures i think i (laughs) no yeah yeah i think so i think so like it's not you know I think it, when we're talking about problematic cultural depictions, we're talking Barrett and Final Fantasy VII uh, remake. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah, that's a great segue then. Tell me about Final <laughs> Fantasy VII because um, I know it just came out last night and my husband was so upset because he thought it was coming out at midnight. He didn't realize it was midnight in the UK. So he lost like six hours. And he was it wasn't like, no. midnight in the UK? <laughs> yeah, so it was so at like 6 p.m. Some, here or something. <laughs> I, I have to admit something. Uh, so last night... It looked to me like the timer on my PS4 said it was going to be ready by midnight Eastern Standard Time. The problem I had was that midnight rolled around and I was still downloading it because I got it very last minute on the pre-order. I did it, you know, yesterday. <laughs> so I was like, well, maybe maybe it's, it's the weekend. I'm going to stay up late playing video games. Maybe by 3 o'clock a.m. if I'm still up. I'll be able to play like 10 minutes and go to bed. <laughs> <Something> <laughs> stupid like that. And, and what I ended up doing is I ended up playing Civ 6 and I fell asleep in my chair. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and then I woke up at 3 and I was like, oh, no, I'm asleep in my chair. This is bad. Um, and the game had finished downloading and I was like, no, I'm going to bed. And I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a wise choice. <laughs> yeah, but I did set everything up this morning and played it today for 30 minutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was right when you texted me. Okay, we're gonna let's go. Let's do three o'clock. Um, I was uh, I was just in the first opening part of the game. I was like, all right, well, we got this commitment, and then we're gonna go back and we're gonna play right after. <laughs> but let me tell you, 
in those first 30 minutes you know that feeling when you it's not it's before you cry not quite when you cry yeah you know it's that feeling before you cry of like mm. like you're welling up <laughs> yeah yeah that happened I, really? I, I played the game 30 minutes and i was like oh my god this game is beautiful <laughs> so is final <laughs> fantasy 7 something that you played a lot of like previously yeah so so we weren't super well off when I was young and I, I had to work for my own Nintendo, but I couldn't get both a Nintendo and PlayStation and my friends with the PlayStation. Um, I think it was N64 at that time. Just, yeah. But you know, whatever the equivalent was, my friends had the PlayStation, they had Final Fantasy seven and I, I couldn't play it at my house cause I couldn't afford to get the other console and it looked so awesome. And I go over and watch it and I didn't get to play it a lot. Um, but I so always, your like, friends would be like, "Hey, come over and then sit here and watch me play this thing you can't have." Yeah, <laughs> pretty nice much. Friends. Pretty much, you know. And I, I, they let me eat food from the kitchen. I can hang out there, but yeah, <laughs> I got to try a few battles, you know, but mostly not. And I was always not, I guess, a little envious. Just I really wanted it, you know what I mean? And but I, you know, for whatever reason, couldn't have it. I was still quite young at the time. And then finally, I'd moved out on my own at like eighteen, and PlayStation Two had come out. And then I worked, and I bought my own PlayStation Two. And my copy of the game, and I played that. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was uh, going abroad for three months, so she was going to be away. And I was like, I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII when she's away. And I spent that summer, you know, is it, you know, when you're young and you have those fun summers, but also you're playing Final Fantasy VII. So it's just, it's just a moment in time. It brings me back to like being 18, 19, uh, playing it. It's kind of makes me feel old in a way <laughs> <laughs> but it does so it does do a really good job of like taking you back to that kind it's of the style exact of same game music oh like that, okay that, that so so that music not the exact it's like new recordings but right. it's and arrangements but it, it's that music like even after playing that game that's when like napster was a thing and some of the stuff that was being shared that was most popular was final fantasy music like if final fantasy music was everywhere in my life you know, just listening to it. So like all those sounds just like, it's just, it's hard to, for any other music to match like the significance of that music for that time. And the new arrangements so far are tremendous. Like, you know, they could have just re recorded the music and it been just like, you know, okay, fine. But they absolutely, they're so gorgeous and beautiful to listen to. It's just, it's just too much. I think the only thing that that really brings me back like that is probably like the Lord of the Rings music. Like when I hear those soundtracks, I'm like, oh, <laughs> same sort of yeah. like time of your life. Like, yeah, there's there's definitely something about the music. I so mean, I think the the only other kind of music that would do that for me would be Titanic. OK, because my, your heart never, will go on. Well, because I took my grandmother <laughs> to see it, at, you know, and she's passed now, but she never goes out to the movie theater, never, you know, doesn't get out a lot. Like, we're just like whatever theater, but I took her out that day and she was so happy that day. Aww. So whenever I hear that music, I get tear up and, you know, so it's like it, Final Fantasy has that level. I'm just compromised emotionally completely around this game. <laughs> Both the softy guys, you heard it here first. <laughs> well, you, you know the story, right? What, the Final you, Fantasy yeah, story? No, like, I've yeah, never... Final Fantasy number wait, jam. Wait, you haven't played Final Fantasy seven? No. <laughs> Shoot. Okay, because something He's happens. He's about to hang up on me, guys. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to hang up on you. But like, there's something happens in the story of this game that at the time you'd be like, this can happen in a video game, and and it was really emotionally impactful. Like at that time too. And I, you might play this one. I don't know, so I'm not going to say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
I can't talk about it. It's actually relevant. This is the thing. Like, it's so funny about Final Fantasy VII. Is it's it's an old game, right? Like, it came out a very long time ago. So spoilers should be fine, except that it seems like there's a lot of people who didn't play the first one or the first iteration that are looking at this remake and picking it up. So now it's like, do spoilers like spoiler warnings apply again because the remake's out now? Because it seems like a different a different game, right? Like it's. we both know John, right? Yes, and yes. you say, no, spoilers are fine. Like, it doesn't ruin it at all. But I'm going to say the opposite. No, do not spoil yourself on this game. Okay. Yeah, it was just, it's magnificent. It's beautiful. So what are the actual differences? Because this is a remake, not a remaster, right? So that's why it took so long, is they were just kind of upgrading it to a more current type of game. Has the the gameplay been modified in a way that, like you like or don't like or like what exactly did they change from the version you remember to what you played this morning yeah so so the old version was have you played any final fantasies i think i played like final fantasy crystal chronicles or something because i was in the same boat as you Mm. like i had a nintendo so like i i didn't play like all of the like the fact that there was seven plus games or i guess they're up to what 14 or 15 now what they they went to like an mmo right yeah there's well two of them are mmo entries um of the 15 i think there are now yeah um yeah i mean just i don't know if you've you've maybe seen the menu like the game traditionally has been menu driven right they call it an active battle system but basically you know when it's your turn in initiative order you choose the action and the attack right okay so like turn turn based combat it's turn-based combat, but with, you know, next-gen consoles, they've sort of moved to a hybrid of, say, maybe God of War-type gameplay for world exploration, but then there's still menus that come up, if that makes sense. Okay. But it was always kind of broken up into world exploration and then battles, right? So there'd be a transition. And in this game, and I haven't played Final Fantasy fifteen, so I don't know if, I think fifteen's like this as well. But in this game, there's no transition to the battles. It's just they just ha- people dudes pop out and you just start fighting them. But you can bring up the menu to slow down time to a crawl. And then the old system is still in place in this game. So it has the ATB gauges, which after a certain amount of time passes, it fills up a gauge and then you can use an action, whether that's an ability or a spell or, or an item. And then the other mechanic it has has a limit meter. So the more damage you do, you can work up to your ultimate, which is exactly what it sounds like in MOBAs and stuff. Yeah. And But the difference in this game is that you have active control. You can dodge roll, you can block, you can do little combo moves with the long attack or like quick attack, long attack sort of thing. And I haven't played that far in, so I don't know how robust it really gets, but I do know that um, you can... You have three party members, so you can swap between all three of them and shoot guns or do martial arts or whatever the character does. So you can swap and then use their abilities. So it's like it's a hybrid of both. And so far, I'm fascinated by it. I can't really say I haven't played enough to say like, oh, this is definitely the best thing ever after you know 40 <laughs> hours of doing it. But it's cool. And I'm all in on, on trying something new. And they do have a classic mode in the game where you can play the game basically like it was just turn based. And that's kind of cool because I know that was that was the concern that I saw a lot of the community after they did like their first showings of what Final Fantasy seven was going to be. A lot of people were like, that does not look like what I want. (laughs) And so it's really nice that they've added in or, you know, given you the option 
to play it in a way you remember as opposed to like forcing this new system that people may or may not like. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like basically it's just the AI controls the sword presses and stuff, and I guess it doesn't do much damage. It just Mm. looks cool while you're in the menus, and then yeah. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's a pretty robust package overall. I mean, like again, it's only thirty minutes, but and I was crying, not quite quite crying. (laughs) I feel like that is just a really good endorsement of the game. Like I only played it for thirty minutes, and I was almost crying. It but if, so if you good. didn't play if you didn't play final fantasy 7 you might not feel that right? yeah fair enough fair like, enough. like that, it's hard it's hard to for me to know how where nostalgia stops and just this particular game's awesome begins but my money would be on its heavy nostalgia mm. well i, I think uh, this is one that i probably will try out just because i know there's so many people that love final fantasy so much and I've seen like because they've done like the the movies and stuff, and I like the the world of Final Fantasy. So I, I think I'll probably enjoy it, especially with something that has been like updated to the level of game that I'm used to playing now. Um, yeah, yeah. The old one, like I tried playing the old one a little while ago. I couldn't do it. It's yeah. a little too dated. <laughs> okay, even so yeah, time, if even you with all your nostalgia couldn't play the old one, then me trying to pick up something from the early two thousands probably not going to work well. <laughs> Even at the time, some of the art, like the overworld characters and stuff, was even bad at the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, some of it was good, but some of it was actually considered even bad at the time, so it hasn't aged particularly well <laughs> at all. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I think I think I will give this a try. So, uh, And I'm not sure if Ryan is going to play it or not, but I'm sure we'll have more Final Fantasy VII talk for you guys in the coming weeks. I wanted to take a second now to thank Matthew, who is our patron for the month of April. Thank you so much for supporting us over at patreon.com slash the gamers in. If you guys do like the content that we produce, gamers in will always be free, but you can support the show over at patreon.com slash the gamers in. Now that brings us to our news section. And we saw, Bo, I, I really hope you've seen this. I don't know how you would have missed it, but the new PlayStation 5 controller has been revealed and the oh. internet has thoughts. <laughs> yes, I've seen the fire and I've seen the controller. Um, but there was some interesting stuff you put in. I haven't scrutinized the particulars of it. What is this voice chat without a headset? Okay, so they said that if you are going to be playing an extended session, you are probably still going to want to use a headset so that will be supported, which makes me wonder about the quality of this service. But it sounds like you're going to like it has like a built in like microphone and speakers. So you're going to be able to just like jump into a voice chat without having to have any other peripherals other than the controller. Now, again, they did say it will support a headset. So it's still going to have like a plug. It's still going to have Bluetooth connectivity if if you'd rather use a Bluetooth headset. But it's yeah, they, they will support a headset without or a voice chat without actually using a headset. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about this because I know so I've been playing uh, Dead by Daylight. I have a friend from work and he plays on Xbox. And so it was literally like within the first week of me going back to work, everyone's like, oh, you have to talk to Dustin. You have to talk to Dustin. He's a really good. He's a gamer person. I was like, "Okay, cool. So we're sitting down at lunch one day and he's like, oh, so what do you play? And I was like, oh, well, you know, I play Hearthstone. I play WoW. I play this and that. And I'm like, and I play this other game, but I don't know. Not a lot of people have heard of it. And, you know, it's kind of when I tell you what it is, it's probably going to be really weird. And he's like, okay, nothing could be weirder than what I play, which is dead by daylight. I'm like, Oh my God, dead by 
Like, game. <laughs> so now we play on the Xbox. And so I use my same headset for my PC as I do for the Xbox. And so every single day, I'm literally like plugging in, unplugging, plugging in, unplugging, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh man, this is such a pain. So if I could just voice chat without having to move my headset, that would be awesome. But again, I'm not 100% sure because if you've got like, if you're not using a headset and then your like voice chat is coming out of your controller, then I can see if I also have my like game sounds coming out of like my TV speakers, whatever that setup is, then... I can see that that competition between sounds, it would be really potentially hard to hear what's going on if the voice chat is coming out of my hands. So I'm not like, I mean, maybe it would come out of the, of the I, oh, game I think it might come too. out of the, like, I think it'll come out of the game speakers. And the reason I say is because I just like uh, uh, a fan of the show, Tanner email, uh, mailed me my PlayStation. And so I've had it. It's the first day I've had one. So I'm just mm-hmm. getting used to it. <laughs> but I learned you can stream to Twitch from it, like just yes. natively just in, out of the box, just yeah. as easy as pie. Um, and I was like, oh, I can record audio. And I was trying to figure out where the <laughs> microphone was on the PS4, you know, the DualShock 4, because I don't think there is one, right? No. And I was like, <laughs> so I look at this, and I'm like, oh, that would have been convenient today, because I was going to stream Final Fantasy VII and then just chat into it. Yeah, um, so right I think now you a... still need your, on the PlayStation 4, you need like a, yeah, a headset so the, the, with a microphone, but you won't the, in the 5. <laughs> right, and the PS4 has a... Um, it does have text to speech and that will that was coming out through the TV. So I think I think the audio is still going to come out that way. OK, but this looks like a directional microphone. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully it won't pick up the TV sound if it's just picking up things that's just in sort of that kidney shape in front of it or whatever. Yeah, I, I would hope not. Um, but again, like it, because they literally came out and said, like, you probably won't want to use this for an extended period of time. I'm like. Yeah. Why would you put that caveat on something that sounds like it could be really cool and really useful? Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about voice chat in the headset or, or without the headset. But uh, they've got kind of like they're covering a lot of the same bases of what we heard from Microsoft. So the adaptive triggers, like the idea that like you can push them a little more subtly like you can push them a little you can push them all the way in and they'll do different things you know like oh yeah like piano so, key. yeah kind of yeah exactly um so that's something that we heard microsoft is experimenting with as well they've also changed and i found this to be really interesting they've changed their share button to the create button which makes me think that they're going to support some sort of additional features whether that is you know, being able to actually edit video or, you know, possibly oh, wow. add some pieces. Like, And I don't know because they haven't explained it. They just changed it from share, which basically the share button is like you push it and it just kind of streams a very, very, very basic version. It's got yeah. of like a Twitch stream, like it's got your gameplay and then you can see like number of like chat messages up in the corner and you can like display your chat on the screen. But outside of that like it's very 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 basic twitch streaming uh so i'm wondering if they're going to kind of expand on that system and maybe let you um choose what you share maybe add a camera or maybe you know like add some overlay elements i don't know but like to me when i hear create as opposed to just share there's that extra level of manipulation of the content that's kind of implied 
So I'm curious to see what that actually says, because they didn't go into a whole lot of detail. It was basically just like, we're changing this thing. And I hope that it means more than just because they talked about being, you know, cutting edge and doing things differently and blah, 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 blah. So I hope it's not just create is a cooler word than share, but it's got all the same functionality. Like, I hope there's actually something there as well. Yeah, yeah. I can see it just being a word change, but I don't I don't. Yeah, I hope there's something more to it as well. Having yeah. just tried one, I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool. Let's let's have some fun. <laughs> so the last thing I did want to touch on was the color of the controller because the internet lost its mind. And honestly, of all the colors they could have chosen, I don't know why they went with white unless the whole entire console is going to be white and they're doing that just to be different than the Xbox that is black. I mean, I don't know, but... But that's some weird reverse tango whatever because right? the xbox, xbox has been white. used to be light yeah exactly i <laughs> thought the same thing like yeah it's just oh no both our consoles were black we can't do this again like why who cares like it's Although a it, is, it is it is bold for playstation right because i think all their consoles have been like a jet black sort of deal except for the first one i was gonna say wasn't the first one like a gray yeah it was a gray sort of looked like a rectangle with a circle in it yeah okay the circle was yeah. bigger yeah but um, everyone, every other one is some sort of like, you know, looks good on my TV shelf kind of deal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> barely see it on my TV shelf, just this black thing that you can't see. Um, so I'm surprised to see that this is the direction they're going with it. We haven't seen the box yet, though, right? Is it just the controller? No, all we've seen so far yeah. is the controller. We haven't actually seen what their final PS5 is going to look like. And there's been a lot of chatter about how they're potentially having issues like getting the technology into the size of the box that they were trying and things are overheating and it's just it's a mm. mess from all like internal leaked reports so you know grain of salt that but um yeah so the the color thing i mean i'm just i'm assuming that the controller is going to match the console it may not but that's kind of my assumption because they basically always have but i do not want a white controller <laughs> Like my okay, old like light say... color Xbox controllers look huh. disgusting, <laughs> which maybe yeah, I just that, need to like true. clean my shit more. But <laughs> I don't know. Or, like well, I'm just like the black stuff... hides the dirt. Okay. <laughs> I guess uh, it depends like on the kind of black because if it's like a shiny black, then it doesn't hide as much. Maybe as like a matte. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I was going to say, because I looked at the controller, I'm like, I don't know, it seems all right. <laughs> you were like, I hate it. So is it just the color or yeah, is there anything like, about the shape? Like if well, it was black, it'd be fine. I'm one of the people that loves this new redesign because I've always been an Xbox controller over a PlayStation controller because I have really, I'm a, I'm a very tall person. I have very long fingers and the PlayStation controller has always felt too small for me. But the Xbox controller, it's bigger, it's bulkier, it's heavier, and it fits my hands better. So I've always mm. preferred the Xbox controller. And this looks like they've gone more down the big bulky kind of design. And I like that a lot more. And they might have had to do it because they did add in the adaptive triggers. They added in the voice chat. So I'm wondering if they just had more stuff they had to fit in the controller. And that's why it's a little bit bigger. Um, but I'm fine with that either way. It's mostly it's just the color. I just don't want white like. White looks really no. pretty, but not something I'm going to be handling every day. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I could agree to that. And I'm I sure prefer like, the black controllers. Too, yeah, I, I, think, I much overall. prefer black overall. I mean, gray, gray is fine, too. But uh, yeah, black just I mean, all the controllers are black. PlayStation, why you got to go be different? Like, 
I will say though, I've got a red Xbox controller and I hate it. So white really? is better than red. Yeah, red's kind of it just it looks gross. <laughs> yeah, you know I what had... I mean? It makes it look cheap. Oh yeah, I can definitely see that because the only other controllers that I've ever had that have been like colors were the mm-hmm. 64 controllers. And I had like a red one, a blue oh, one, yeah. a green one, a yellow one. Like I had like all the colors yeah. for the 64. Did you, have, um, you didn't have a GameCube? So these are controllers for that were pretty wild too. Uh, I did have a GameCube. Yeah, those one I had gray. I don't remember if they had multiple colors for GameCube or not, but I, I the ones I had about, were gray. Um, I might be thinking of like Mad Cat's controllers for oh, it and not yeah. the official controllers, you know, because you can, you can get them in any color if it's Mad Cat's. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think the default like Nintendo ones were just like a gray and then they had all their colors yeah. and their buttons. Right. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, and you're right. Like, I do remember like looking at my N64 controllers and I mean, they were super cool because they were super colorful, but they definitely have that level of like, it doesn't look as mature and badass and expensive as the like, just straight, like same controller, but black. (laughs) There's something about that, like executive realness of black. (laughs) So chic. (laughs) And PlayStation does have that chicness too. Yeah. The Xbox has always looked a little goofier, kid toy. And this new one really doesn't. I think that's striking about the Xbox Series X. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, hate that name so much. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> it's not like even I'm easy saying. to say. Like, if you like shorten it and make it an acronym, then you have to say XSX. And I'm just like, <laughs> I hate you, Microsoft. Why would you do this? I can like give it a fun name like Xbox Thunderstruck and we can just all call it Thunderstruck. I so, love you know, it. I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call cool. it from now on. Name, yeah. a, name oh. after an ACDC song or a Transformer and you're gold. <laughs> oh, missed Xbox, opportunity. Uh, yeah, Xbox Jazz. <laughs> So I think that's probably weird. <laughs> yeah, that that makes me think that there's a new music app on the Xbox that I can get if I just like jazz. <laughs> jazz. Uh, But speaking of Microsoft, uh, we had some news out of them this week as well. Um, They have basically confirmed that they are not doing any Microsoft organized events until July 2020 or sorry, 2021. Uh, So they are actually um, canceling all or I guess nothing had actually been announced yet, but people were expecting they had like a fan event in the fall of 2019 that people were expecting them to do another one in 2020. So that's off the table now. They are also uh, probably not going to do a big in-person launch event for the Series X. So um, they have also pulled themselves out of a lot of conferences pending the entire COVID-19 situation. And if some conferences like, say, Gamescom, which is in the fall, do decide it's safe to go ahead, then they might uh, reassess but they are not going to be organizing any events themselves until uh, summer of next year, which is seems like probably the most um, like aggressive date I've seen, like of people saying like, no, we're just canceling everything for the next year. I've seen a lot of people putting off events for 2020, but I mean, we even just saw yesterday Blizzard put out something about BlizzCon saying that, you know, everything's still up in the air. They're, you know, going day by day. They don't know what's going to happen. And that's for an event in November. But I haven't seen anyone yet saying 2021 until Microsoft. Yeah, I guess maybe they're hedging their bets because like 
I don't know. I, I, I've been, you know, I'm sure all of us have been following the, the crisis that's going around the globe. And, and certainly there's no reason based on like what I've heard to expect that, you know, there won't, even if a, a cure or vaccine is found, you know, we won't instantly be back on our feet situation normal, you know, right away. And uh, if they're pushing back uh, that period of time, I don't know, just because it's Microsoft, they may, you know, and it's, it's ultimately is sort of in the Bill Gates like he's not with the company, but you know, it's sort of in that camp. I just wonder if it's like they just have a good sense of how long this is going to take more so than other people. Because as far the as rich I know, people a lot know of... more than the poor people, that would make sense. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying ultimately. But like, it's you know, everyone's hedging their bets, right? Like everyone in their head is like, okay, maybe hopefully it'll be a few more weeks and we'll be back in business in May, right? And a lot of small businesses are going to get hit with that, obviously. But it's yeah. like, I think Microsoft probably is just saying like, you know what, we they're probably hedging their bets, turtling up and expecting like to have to just work around this for that period of time. I think it makes sense like business wise, you know, to project what your budget and plans are going to be for that year. These events are very expensive for them. So if they just clear that all off, then they can help save, maybe they can help pay people's salaries and stuff like that. So yeah, that's kind of where my head was at too, is that, you know, by just declaring July, 2021 as the potential start for Microsoft organized events again, kind Mm -hmm. of allows them to take the next 12 months and not, sink money and time and hours into planning something that might end up getting canceled anyways so i think by you know pushing it that far out they're able to just reorganize their resources and put them in places that are that are better spent than events that might potentially get canceled so um it's it's kind of too bad about uh no launch party but they also um there are reports that uh manufacturing of the console itself in china has actually started to resume which means okay. um, originally there were concerns that the Series X wouldn't be able to launch on time. Those concerns are also kind of being levied at PlayStation, but it sounds like like I'm a little bit worried about the PlayStation 5. I'm not going to lie. Um, a lot of the reports coming out seem to be that not only are they having the same manufacturing issues with China's shutdown, but also that what they're trying to manufacture doesn't work anyway and, you know, overheats and dies and like, you know, like they seem like they're way further behind Microsoft and that they're trying to release and trying to push things because of when Microsoft is releasing, when they might do better off to just release like a year later. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that's like, it's so funny that they think that is like console death. Like they can't, you know, compete if they don't launch at the same time, but it's like, if you launch at the same time, people have to make a choice. Like if you launch a year later, I'm a hundred percent going to buy both. Like, <laughs> so. Oh, that's an interesting thing. They usually do launch really close. They those launch, two, yeah, the like within like a month of each other. It's like, bam, here's your next console generation but, and both offerings are available. But Nintendo launches whenever. Yeah, Nintendo arguably, just does their own thing. <laughs> with arguably a less powerful machine. That is innovative, though. Like, you yeah. know, it's not the only metric of measurement, but they're not really competing on this is the awesome, the be all end all entertainment center for games and movies in your living room. So, like, you know, and they did super well and they're still doing super well. And it just shows that it doesn't matter. So, you're probably right. These, both of those companies, X, Microsoft, and, uh, and Sony, Sony should learn a lesson <laughs> yeah and <laughs> i think Nintendo. release uh, release something that is that is good that works that does what you want with a really cool offering of games and kind of games are the other piece of this 
because um, Xbox or Microsoft has officially said that software launches alongside their console might not be as far ahead or where they want them to be when the console's ready. So they've kind of fixed their manufacturing issues and everything is still going to be going ahead as planned in the kind of late fall. But they're saying that with everybody working from home, everything's been a little bit delayed, like things aren't aren't being developed as quickly as they had hoped or as as they were kind of like on on schedule to do. So they like even to the point of like the operating system might work, <laughs> but like games might be significantly delayed. So if you're looking at software delays on top of everything else, then maybe it actually would be smarter for PlayStation to just say, we're going to push our launch for a year. We're going to, you know, get our ducks in a row. We're going to get all our software ready. And then you're going to have all of these awesome first party titles at launch. Like if you pushed a PlayStation 5 an entire year, think of all mm -hmm. the games that you could have in your launch window. Instead of like one or two, you could have everything that was supposed to launch in that year all at one time and be like, bam, now what Microsoft? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it seems yeah. like it seems like a, a good argument to, you know, purchase potentially both consoles. I know people who only play PlayStation would probably be upset with it, with waiting an extra year, but it, with everything going on in the world right now, I mean, there's even a chance that people aren't going to have a lot of disposable income to buy a console come, you know, November. Like, that's a very real thing right now. I wonder if it isn't a little bit because um, just this conversation is fascinating because I'm starting to think now, well, what if they do separate? Maybe they're both worried. The person that goes first when 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 game like console number two, well, game console number two comes out, game manufacturer number one can say, well, we've got this exclusive coming out and this massive library and their console will never be so old. You know what I mean? It won't be like a previous yeah. generation that they can point it out that way. Maybe that's why they feel they have to do it with each other because their product is so similar. Because the one thing Nintendo you can't say is just they beat to their own, uh, they dance to the beat of their own drum. So like, that's you know, that's on brand for them, <laughs> or it's just part yeah, of their culture. Yeah, you're you know? right. But yeah, when when two companies are making things like when you look at the specs of these two boxes like they're, they're identical exactly exactly <laughs> they're selling the same thing they can't sell it at a different time they're like here's the same thing a year later yeah that's yeah that's also true <laughs> and now that i think about it i'm like oh that's probably what it is they're yeah. probably they probably both have the best deals in town for production chain like for manufacturing these boxes and they've squeezed every penny out of maximizing the value of their the uh, that so and, and they have to capitalize on it in a specific window. And I think if, if one of them does it late, they just probably burn a lot of money. I think they, I think they lose. I think that's what they think. I don't know if that's true or not, because I still think your point stands that, you know, you, I think they still could launch and do really well. I think there's a way to do that. But yeah, well, I guess what I'm, what I'm most worried about is if all of these rumors being leaked from Sony are true and that the box essentially doesn't work, <laughs> and then we're also looking at software <laughs> yeah. delays on top of that. I'm just like, what's the point in putting something out in November just to do it at the same time as Microsoft? If what's what you're putting out isn't working like as soon. I mean, everyone remembers the red ring of death. And that was like four generations ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't we learn, guys? Didn't we learn? I just I feel <laughs> like um, the PlayStation, if they if they launch a broken product, 
it's going to go really poorly for them. And I think it's a pretty mm. easy to argue that PlayStation like won this generation, air quotes won. Um, they, mm. they had really good offerings. They were kind of coming from behind. Microsoft got a little bit lazy and PlayStation did really well. And now they're now it seems like they're flip flopped. It's like Microsoft was like, damn, we lost. We don't want to lose again. And they are, you know, pushing boundaries and they're being innovative. And then PlayStation's kind of like, oh, crap, they're coming out this year. Man, we thought it was 2021. Oh, man, like we're going to be behind. And so now it feels like they they got lazy and now they're coming from behind and not necessarily making all the best choices to put the best product out there. So I think there's a really good argument for Xbox being the kind of safer bet in terms of what is, you know, being developed, what's being innovated, what's being put forward. Like everything from Xbox seems to be just better and more well thought out because it seems like they started planning as soon as they realized they kind of lost this time well, around. If Phil Spencer was running for president, uh, he would have really good momentum right now. I think yeah. that's what they say. Like, <laughs> like him and Xbox have really good press momentum uh, and Sony does not. And, you know, the, the funny thing about all this too, as you mentioned, just the context of this year, I'm like, what if both boxes don't, you know, because they're still working on like, this article i think uh, i was talking about with their uh, they're eyeing the impact so everyone's working from home i mean what kind of delay they have to expect some stuff's going to be impacted or delayed it's just it is challenging to work from remotely it, it mm -hmm. increases communication time things do slow down i wonder if i wonder if we get either of these by 2021 uh, by christmas i guess i should say yeah microsoft is still microsoft is still committed to releasing this year but that's wow. as of right now it depends i think a lot on uh what like how what this happens? whole situation yeah, yeah we're, we're so day-to-day -day, right yeah like one exactly day can be great, it's hard to next say. day can be cured yeah but but yeah <laughs> that's why it's going to be interesting to see because if it is still you know a lockdown situation where we're all being careful and not spending and who knows what else like they may go very poorly for xbox <laughs> yeah exactly if they if they remain committed which i think that if they're going to have uh -huh. serious software delays on the series x then it yeah. might be something where we're looking at, at next summer possibly for both of them i think as soon as one of them like you said i think as soon as one of them flinches and says okay we're gonna push six months or eight months or a year I think then the other one's going to go, oh, thank God, us too, us too. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be Xbox. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we need it. We need the time <laughs> to. Back because of COVID and then all the memes will be out again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's what's currently going on in the Microsoft, Xbox and Sony PlayStation worlds. Uh, also have one other quick little update from what we talked about last week. Uh, Lego Super Mario has a release date now. So if you guys are looking forward to this, it is going to be releasing in August. There are four Lego sets in total. So you, regardless of what you're doing, you're going to need the starter set. But then there's like three expansions that are going to be launching alongside that. So there's going to be a Piranha Plant set, uh, Bowser's Castle, which is the biggest of the expansions. And then there's also a Monty Mole expansion as well. So if you guys are interested, we're going to have the link in the show notes. You guys can go and check out the new Lego Super Mario sets again, releasing in August. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to connect with us, you can do so over on Discord. We're at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Bo, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Joss, for inviting me on the show. 
the listeners, if you want to find out more about me, I think the best place to do that is to go to Twitter at Bo Schwartz. That's B-E-A-U-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Awesome. And if you'd like to visit us on the web to find our show notes, you can do so at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. So thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>